CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... Come in. Welcome. This is E.G. Marshall. If we begin by being certain, we shall end by being doubtful. If we start by being doubtful, we shall end by being certain. This, according to the extremely wise Sir Francis Bacon. Doubt and certainty. It's like the old shell game, isn't it? You're absolutely positive you know which shell the pea is under. Or are you? Well, sooner or later, you have to make that decision because in many respects, that's what life really is, isn't it? The old shell game. Excuse me, do you mind being still for a moment? Someone's talking to me. My husband. Your husband? But uh, isn't your husband dead? I suppose you would call it dead. Well, is he dead or isn't he? It depends on how you look at it. Well, there's only one way to look at it. A person is either dead or alive. Our mystery drama, Brothers of the Angle, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Sam Dan and stars Ralph Bell and E.V. Juster. It is sponsored in part by Exlax and Buick Motor Division. I'll be back shortly with Act One. The day is for honest men. The night is for thieves. This was said by no less a person than the great dramatist Euripides himself. With all due respect, we must reluctantly disagree. Today, a considerable amount, if not most, thievery takes place in broad daylight, in full, unobstructed view. After all, where does some of the most blatant dishonesty take place? And who is performing it? Well, this is not going to be one of those serious, high-minded, muck-raking exposés. You know us. Entertainment's the name of our game. Listen, the doorbell is ringing. Yes? Uh, Mrs. Uh, Quackenbush? Mrs. Who? Quackenbush. Uh, I'm sorry, my dear young lady. There is no Mrs. Quackenbush here. Oh, there, there isn't? No, there isn't. Well, this is 91 Pershing Place, isn't it? Yes, it is. Oh, well, are you sure? Because you see the my... name does sound familiar. Let me think. Quackenbush. Oh, yes, I have it. Oh, yes? Oh, we bought this house 40 years ago from people named Quackenbush. 40 years ago? I remember now. Well, that that means that they're not here now. No. No, nor have they been in almost half a century. Oh, oh this is terrible. Oh, something wrong? <laughs> Everything's wrong. I just... Well, I, I just... Oh, come, my dear. Things can't be that bad. Well, they're, they're worse. Oh, really? You see, I sell hearing aids. 
Yes? And I had a week's training course with this company on various selling techniques and so forth. Yes? And uh, they gave me a list of leads. Leads? Yes. They advertise in the papers and, and the media and so forth, and people send in for information. Well, those people become leads. Oh, why, that's fascinating. And one of my leads was this Mrs. Quackenbush. You see? Here, here, here's the name on the list. Ellen Mary Quackenbush. Oh, they promised me these were all live, current leads. Oh, this one is obviously 40 years old. Well, that's not too bad. Most of the others are dead. Oh, I am sorry to hear that. I, uh, I wish I could assist you in some way. Well, are you hard of hearing? Uh, no, no, I don't think so. Not even a little bit? Well, perhaps a, a tiny bit. Well, could I sell you a hearing aid, maybe? Well, I really hadn't thought of it. Well, could I at least test your hearing? Well, well I... Well, I don't... I don't see why not. And you hear this? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Now, do you hear that? Yes, perfectly. That's what I was afraid of. Oh, I, I don't mean it that way. It's just that you have perfect hearing. I'm so sorry but for your sake, my dear. Well, that's another job that didn't work out. Oh, you poor child. You sound as if there had been a succession of unfortunate experiences. Mm, yes, I guess so. Uh, why don't you tell me about yourself? Oh, I, I wouldn't want to impose on your time or anything. Uh, my name is Mrs. Buckweezer. Henrietta Augusta Buckweezer. And I'm... I'm quite lonely. Oh. And you look like a perfectly respectable young lady. Would you care to join me in a cup of tea? And, and perhaps a sandwich or, or, or two? Oh, no, I, I couldn't put you to all that trouble. Oh, nonsense. It's lunchtime, and I hate to eat alone. I can tell when someone's hungry. I'll wager you didn't have breakfast this morning. Oh, no. Very much dinner last night, either. Mrs. Buckweezer. Now, now, my dear... Everything is going to be all right. You'll see. It's going to come out all right. Another cup of tea? Oh, yes. Thank you. And you must have another slice of this cake. Oh, I know I'm making a pig out of myself. Oh, you poor child. You must have been so hungry. Oh, I'm all right now. Are you? Oh, yes. I'll go back home. And where is home, my dear? Oh, way, way out west. A little farming town, Clawson's Corners. Oh, I know you've never heard of it. Well, I'm sure it's a lovely place. No, it's small and it's dull. <laughs> Nothing ever happens there, which is why I left it. I thought I'd become... You're going to laugh. Oh, no, no, never. Well, I thought I'd become a famous actress. <laughs> Ask me why. All right, why? Because... I was a star of the Clawson County Regional High School Dramatic Society. Well, I'm sure you were very good. I was. I was even great. <laughs> that sounds exciting. But you don't realize what great means till you go to New York, until you see the real professional. I'm just an amateur. Well, I'm sure with hard work and training. No, no, you have to have more than that. What? Oh, I don't know. But whatever it is, I don't have it. And I'll never get it. Oh, I wanted it so badly. Oh, my dear, it does seem so unfair. Mm-hmm, it is. 
But what can you do about it? Do you know what Mr. Buckweezer said? He was my husband. He said that the day you realize life is unfair and there's nothing you can do about it, that's the day you grow up. He sounds like a wise man. Oh, yes. Charles Frederick Buckweezer. He was an original, one of a kind. A man of deep wisdom. See? That's his picture on the table there. Oh, he was handsome. Oh, yes, 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 indeed. The girls envied me. All of them. Mm, How bad. I often wondered what he saw in me. Oh, you're a beautiful woman. Oh, no. No, I was a plain girl who became a handsome woman. But Charles Frederick said, beauty, my dear, is in the eye of the beholder. That was from the philosophy of David Hume. Actually, I think he said it was in the mind of the beholder. Oh, my, Charles Frederick. Oh, he was so educated. Mm, He must have been wonderful. Oh, yes, yes, yes. He was very well read. But he was also a man of action. Oh, here, let me get the album from the drawer. I have pictures of him. Oh, oh, but I'm boring. Oh, no, no, I... Are you sure? Oh, yes. Is is, is that him fishing? Oh, yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, my, he used to say, I bet I'm one of the very few people in the world who became fishermen because they read Isaac Walton. His, his epitaph was taken from a line by Isaac Walton. An excellent angler now with God. He wanted that on his tombstone. Oh, yes. It's a very expensive... Thing. Oh, and he loved the poetry of Coleridge and Shakespeare. Mm. And uh, what did Mr. Buttweezer do? Oh, oh, he was an engineer. My, that sounds exciting. Oh, most of them are rather dull. They just sit around all day at their drawing boards. But Charles Frederick was a field man. A field man? Oh, yes, indeed. Yes, he would put on boots and breeches and actually go out on the job. Mm. Oh, see? Here's a picture of him and... Oh, yes, India. Oh, yes. Yes, they're building a railroad bridge over a river. The Ganga River. It's filled with crocodiles. Oh, my goodness. But you see, he made friends with the great crocodile spirit of the river. And he had no trouble. Oh, that's unbelievable. Yes. You see, Charles Frederick would go to these wild, primitive places that were filled with all kinds of, well, we call them superstitions. But who are we to say... And Charles would bring them the outer trappings of civilization. Railroads, highways, bridges, dams, refineries. But he always asked. He always asked and received permission from the local gods to change the face and the customs of the country. Oh, oh my goodness. Well, I, I've just been gabbing away. But you, you must forgive me. I, I, I'm an old lady. Oh, you don't look so old. I... Oh, ever since Charles went away. Went away? I I thought you said he died. He did. Oh, but I'm... I'm sure he'll come back. Come back? Well, now, you... Oh, my dear, you must think I'm crazy. Oh, no, I... It's just that you never heard of people coming back from the dead. I never thought it was possible. Well, in most cases, it isn't. But we prepared for it. Prepared for it? Oh, yes. While he was alive, or I should say in this world, 
We discussed the eventuality of separation. We knew one of us would have to go first. And so we decided to believe that the other would come back from time to time. You mean come back from the dead? Well, perhaps not back all the way. That, that might not be possible. But now and then, for a little while, just to talk. Oh, it was something he learned from a sadhu. That's a kind of holy man in India. Oh. And that's where Charles Frederick learned that if a man and wife believe, then they cannot be separated even by death. Do you believe that? Well, I... I, I know Charles Frederick is trying to reach me. Only there were some way. Something must be blocking him. If only... Oh, well, now, now that is enough about me and my silly old lady ideas. Now, child, what are you going to do? Go back home? But, my dear, you left it because it was so dull. Well, any place is dull where you're not happy, where you have no real friends. Oh, my, that's great wisdom for one so young. It's funny. Just talking to you, Mrs. Buttweezer, has given me, oh, I don't know, maybe a new slant on things. Well, now, what do you mean? Oh, well, all this talk about the gods and India. It's made me believe for the first time. I really believe in fate. Fate? Yes, ma'am. Fate. I get a feeling just being in this house. I know now that for better or worse, our destiny is decided for us. We have to find what that destiny is. <laughs> and mine is not to be an actress or, or even to sell hearing aids. That's very clear. Oh, my dear, that's wonderful if you truly see it. I see something else. I see that I must go back to my home, back all the way to Clawson's Corners, because there is where my destiny is. Oh, I, I, I'm sure I've wasted enough of your time. Wasted? Oh, never. Well, you're going back home, then. Oh, yes. It, when? Well, as soon as I can. Well, I would interpret that to mean as soon as you can raise the money. Well, let me give you some. Oh, no. Well, why not? Well, be because we're strangers. Are we strangers? Really? Oh, come, my dear. It's only a few dollars. And what better use could I find for it? Oh, oh please. Please. Oh, come now. It's nothing to shed tears over. I can't help it. I'm so happy. Oh, bless you, Mrs. Buckweezer. Bless you. Sally? Yeah, it's Sally. Unless you gave some other dame a key to this joint. What happened? <laughs> Is there anything left to drink? Tell me what happened. I can sure use a little pick-me-up. Oh, I tell you, Billy boy, I never put in such a day's work in all my life. Will you tell me what happened? The butt a dame? Is she set up? Is that old dame ever set up? Oh, I tell you, Billy boy, she is a rich, ripe piece of fruit. Ready, willing, and anxious to be plucked. Now, what did you expect? 
Did you really think this was going to be one of those delicate, inspirational stories of love and hope and faith? My dear friends, we're involved in a hustle. I do hope we haven't shattered anyone's illusions. Now, in this type of story, you know the plot will have to thicken in the second act, which I shall bring you here very soon. its own reward. We say this because it was a favorite phrase of Sir Isaac Walton's, and it's appropriate here. Not because this is a story about fishing, but because Sir Isaac was a favorite author of a key character in our drama. Sir Isaac Walton, in addition to being an authority on fishing, was also an eminent poet, essayist, and critic. Well, His favorite saying has, perhaps, provided the spur for a great many people who consider that virtue may be a warm principle, but a cold reward, and, therefore, seek another. Two such people are Miss Sally Magruder and Mr. Billy Falcon. What did she say, Sally? What did the buttweeds the dame say? Listen. Charles Frederick would go to these wild, primitive places that were filled with all kinds of, well... We would call them superstitions. Got every word down on tape. (laughs) Hey, that tape recorder sure does a trick. Mm. Did you get the pictures? Oh, sure. Oh, you can't beat that little wristwatch camera. Okay. There's lots of work to do. I'll develop the pictures, and you start listening to the tape. Honey, this could be it. How much do you think is in it? Why, she's supposed to be worth four or five million. Oh, are we Sure. She's a believer. Oh, yeah. I could tell by the way she talked. I checked her out. She goes for the message from the other world stuff. She's a live one. Mm, I could sense that. Well, we hook the fish. Let's bring her in. Yes? Uh, uh how do you do? Uh, how do you do? My name is uh, Billy Falcon. Yes, Mr. Falcon? What can I do for you? I don't know. Well, why did you ring my bell? I don't know. Well, what do you want? I don't know that either. Well, I'm sure I don't know what to say. Well, something told me to come here. Something? Or maybe it was someone. Oh? You see, uh... I was out fishing. Fishing? Yes, ma'am. I'm a very enthusiastic fisherman, and folks would always say I'm a fanatic on the subject. Well, uh, I was fishing in Crystal Lake uh, just about a week ago. Crystal Lake? Yes, ma'am. It's known throughout the state for bass. It's terrific. Yes, yes. My husband used to fish there all the time. I heard a voice, and it said to me, I am a brother of the angle. I am a brother of the angle? Why, that's from Sir Isaac Walton. Oh, is it? Well, anyhow, the uh, voice said, uh, look for me. Look for me. I didn't know what to do, but uh, something made me put my my fishing gear away, and I got into my car. I didn't know where I was going or anything, but I found myself uh, at a uh, cemetery. I'd never been there before. I'm not from around here, you see, and uh, well, my feet just started walking. 
toward a grave. Yes, yes. In front of this grave, they stopped. And on this grave was written uh, on, on a stone, Charles Frederick Buttweezer, an excellent angler, now with God. Oh. Well, I got in my car and I came here. I still don't know why. Oh, come in, please. Oh, please, Mr. Uh, uh, Falcon, uh, Billy Falcon. Oh, yes, Mr. Falcon. Oh, please, do come in. Oh, won't you sit down, please? May I get you some refreshment? Oh, no, no ma'am. I uh, feel sort of queasy. Queasy? Well, something's happening inside of me. Uh, I don't know how to describe it. Like, uh, I, I, I go around saying things. Like what? Like what? Uh, oh, uh, beauty exists in the mind that uh, contemplates it. You you go around saying that? Yeah, I'm not even sure what it means. And, and uh, like, uh, avarice. The spur of industry. Why, that's all from Hume. David Hume. I beg your pardon, ma'am. Hume, the 18th century philosopher. Yeah, I, I never heard of him. Oh, this is remarkable. And then I keep seeing rivers and crocodiles. Are you sure? Well, I'm not sure of anything. I, I just never experienced anything like this before in my life. Oh, oh, it's remarkable. Yeah, well, I wish I could understand it. A man named Buttweezer, who I never met, I didn't even hear of, and... Well, besides, he's dead. Don't. Don't, don't, don't say that. Well, the fact is, it's true. Well, the fact is, we do not know what the fact is. In this world, what is a fact? Well, Miss uh, Buttweezer, the, the fact is, uh... I, I'm not one of your educated persons. I, I only know I like to go fishing. That's yes. Yes, and so did he. Well, it's the only time I'm ever really happy with things. Oh, Charles Frederick, too. Well, this man, he keeps interfering with me. Interfering? Uh, well, in, in what way? I see a face. Uh, it's kind of long, thin, uh, the hook nose, blue eyes, high cheekbones, small uh, black mustache, uh, long hair. It's my child. My Charles Frederick. And all kinds of things keep happening. I, I say things I just can't figure out. Where's it come from? Where? Oh, can it be? Can what be? Oh, well, I'm, a, I'm afraid to believe it. I'm losing my mind. That's what. Like, uh, like, uh, unless I'm trying to say something. Yes? It's forming my mind. I, I can hear the words of my brain. Oh, it, tell me, tell me. Thus, uh... Use your frog. Place your hook gently through his mouth. Then, with a fine needle, take only one stitch to the wire of your hook to hold his leg. In so doing, use him as though you loved him. Hey, that's crazy. Oh, that's Isaac Walton. I never heard of that in my life. Charles Frederick used to recite that all the time. Yeah, well, what has that got to do with me? Well, I should think it would be apparent by now. Well, if you know, I wish you'd tell me, please. You are being used. Used? Oh, yes. Yes, it's perfectly plain. You see, my husband is trying to reach me. Your husband? Your dead husband? My husband, Charles Frederick Buckwheaton. The one who's in his grave with the uh, tombstone over him? Well, that's where he happens to be now. Uh, <clears throat> Mrs. Uh, Buckwheaton, you are a very nice lady. Thank you, Billy. Uh, look, if you'll excuse me, please. I, I will not excuse you, Billy. Oh, no. My beloved Charles Frederick is using you as his 
is, is conduit. His, his, his what? Conduit. You must listen so that you can relay his message to me and mine to him. You actually believe this stuff? You can ask me that now? Why, look at the thoughts that have been racing through your mind. No, no, I don't want to. Oh, but you must. I'm going crazy. No, no, you're not. Ma'am, i got to get out of here. No, no, I shall not let you go. Listen to me. It's just that he wants to talk to me. Oh, let him, please. Please let him. It has nothing to do with you. Uh, lady, i got other things to do. Oh, surely, Billy, you would not deprive an old lady. A lonely old lady of her only chance to talk to her husband. But he's dead. you got to face it, man. He's what you call dead. Does that mean we can no longer talk to each other? Does it? Listen, isn't he talking to you now? Through you? What, what do you want me to do, ma'am? Oh, stay here. Stay here? Hey, well, how? I, I, I gotta go. Uh, I'm waiting to go. To I, I, I'll, I'll pay you. I got a job. I got all kinds of responsibilities, ma'am. But I'm so lonely. Well, I, I'm sorry. What can I do about it? Let him talk to me through you. And let me talk to him through you. Nah. No? Nah, I just can't lose my mind. It's half gone already. Oh, but Billy. Nah, I gotta go. Please. It's the only sensible thing. I said I'd pay you. Well, how can I take money for this kind of crazy take nonsense? Take it. Oh, take it. I offer it freely. No, I can't do that. I gotta go. Well, where can you go? Charles Frederick's voice will follow you everywhere. I'm going to a doctor. He'll take care of me. Goodbye, Miss Butler. Oh, please. Please, come back. Believe me, ma'am, it's for your own good. How's our little fish, Billy? Oh. <laughs> and when do we reel her in? After a while. Honey, I've been reading Isaac Walton. Oh, come on. I got old Isaac Walton coming out of my ears. Now he says, don't delay once you place the hook. Land your quarry. Yeah, well, we've gone beyond all that. Our particular fish has to miss me for a while. And uh, just hope that I'll come back. Start to worry that I won't, then, then get so anxious that when I walk in, she'll just jump up and hand me a blank check signed. It's going good, isn't it? I, uh, way ahead of schedule. Could it be going just a little bit too good? Come on, what are you worried about? Oh, nothing. It's just that everything seems so perfect. Are you ready with your end of it? you got to sneak in through the back. Then you'll have the projector, the little microphone. Just whisper... Horsely. Come on, I don't sound like Mr. Butweezer. Who knows how people are supposed to sound after they die? Besides, a good whisper is always effective. Yeah, what about the payoff? How much is she good for? How much? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Honey, that decision will have to be made by her husband, then Isaac Walton, and David Hume. A more sagacious trio will not be encountered every day. Well... Here we have a little plot for you. A small intrigue. And it seems to be going swimmingly. Certainly, poor Mrs. Buttweezer has been admirably, if we may use that word, set up for it. What can go wrong? Can anything possibly go wrong? We do not foretell the future here. We merely ask you to wait for Act Three. the great guide of human life. We use this quotation from Mr. David Hume since he is central to the action of our story. Custom, or put it another way, 
We're all creatures of habit. And so we do today, generally, what we did yesterday. If we were foolish then, the odds are we'll be foolish now. Which gets us into other areas, like the leopard does not change its spots. Or the more things change, the more they remain the same. You see where philosophy leads? Anywhere. And everywhere. Who's there? It's me, Billy. Oh, Billy. Oh, oh, Billy. Won't you come in? Sit down, please. I, uh... I had to come back, Mrs. Butler. Oh, I knew you would. I went to a psychiatrist. Oh, did you? Yeah, I said, uh, Mr. Falcon, you're not crazy. There's a reason, a good reason for what you see and hear and feel. And that made me see the light. It did? How? Well, there is a reason. And that's all I had to know. So why can't I say that the reason is because it's happening? Oh, well, of course. I mean, uh, your husband is in his grave, okay, but he does want to talk to you. Now, who am I to say it can't be done? Especially since I hear his voice. Well, that's my point. Now, other people, including a psychiatrist, they, they won't believe it, you understand? Yes. They don't believe it because they never heard his voice. If I never heard his voice, why, I'd never believe it either. But I did hear his voice. Which means... Uh, yes? Well, which means uh, I'm a different kind of a person. The type of person that can hear the voices of dead people. Does that sound crazy to you? Oh, how can it be crazy? The things you've said concerning my husband, how would you know them? Well, that's just it. I don't know them. I just say them. I came here tonight, even though it's late, because, well, I felt he was trying to say something. Oh, about what? Well, once again, I don't know about what. I just got a feeling. Well, well do you hear anything? Do I hear any? I... Is, is something the matter? Uh, the lights of my eyes. The lights? Oh, well, why don't I turn out the lights? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's better. Oh. It's better. Everything seems so quiet and peaceful. Huh? Oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, look, look at the car. Look out, look out. Look out for what? It's, a, it's, a, it's terrible looking. It's just... What? It's a crocodile. A crocodile? Oh, a crocodile. Do you see it? It's on the wall. On the wall. On the... Is that a crocodile? Is it? I... Be afraid, my darling. Don't be afraid. Who is that? Oh, whose voice is that? Well, you know who it is. It's Charles Frederick Butwees. Look. Look, you see him? You see him? You see him? He's standing there. Charles. Oh, Charles, is that you? Yes, my darling. Oh, where are you? I am in India. India. Let me rest. Now. One more minute, Billy. One more minute. Let me talk to him for just one more minute. That's all. One more all minute. All right, all right, all right. I'll try. Uh, Charles? Charles? Frederick? <gasps> there he is. I see him again. Please, Charles. 
tell her why you're here. But was you all right? Yes. Yes. Oh, I feel so. Oh, Billy, what happened? You mean you don't know what just happened? Oh, I know that something wonderful happened. I feel a glow all over. As if I had just been talking to Charles. But you have been talking to Charles. I have? Oh, he was here. You saw him. Oh, then it was real. It was real. Well, of course. Oh, yes. I remember talking to Charles Cedric. Do you remember what he said? He said he wanted to tell you something. Oh, about what? It had to do with the uh, sacred crocodile of the river Ganga in uh, India. Uh, oh, oh, my. I wonder who that can be. Millicent. Yes, Augusta. It's Millicent. Now, who is this scoundrel? Now, see here, Millicent. As your sister-in-law, I have an interest in your welfare. You're just anxious to see how you can get your hands on some of your dead brother's money. I'll disregard that. You're a foolish woman. Any fortune hunter could... I will not tolerate this discussion in my house. Your house? It was supposed to be mine. You pulled the wool over Charles Frederick's eyes. Oh, Millicent. You're a mean, ungracious, grasping woman. But weren't for the sake of your dear brother, my beloved husband. I have a sense of duty. I cannot allow you to be swindled by any flim-flam artist who walks in off the street. This gentleman is a conduit. A what? Oh, I don't expect you to understand. But he is a channel through whom I can communicate with Charles Frederick. <laughs> the old spiritualism racket, hmm? You have no right to insult the beliefs of others. You keep living in that world of your own. And as for you, young man, you listen to me. I uh, think I'd better be going. Uh, one moment, please. Millicent, I spoke to Charles Frederick about matters only he and I could know about. There was absolutely no way for this gentleman to have learned certain intimate things that were known only to Charles Frederick and me. <laughs> well, don't bet on it. I hope no money has changed hands. If you even took as much as 15 cents, I'll have you up before a judge. Millicent... Insulting my friends and my guests. I will ask you to leave this house. I'm leaving. But remember, friend, I'm keeping an eye on you. Oh. Oh, please, Billy. Allow me to apologize. Oh, that's all right. There are so many evil minded, suspicious people in the world. Don't go just yet, Billy. Well, ma'am. Uh... I suddenly feel so. So close to Charles Frederick. Don't you feel something, too? I, uh... Well, uh... Darling. Darling. It's Charles. Yeah, I see him. There he is. Oh, now I know. He wants to tell me about an investment. He said he'd come back to tell me about an investment. Well, it would make a million. Oh, I think I know which one it is. 
I think I know. Is that so? Do you remember, my darling, the deal? The deal? The deal I told you about. Oh, yes, my beloved, I remember. Buy the land. The thousand acres in Arizona from Millicent. That is the deal. Oh, oh, my head. Yes, Charles. Those thousand acres of desert. There's oil there. You're an engineer. You discovered that. Oil? Oil? You didn't want to tell Millicent because you were angry with her. Charles, if I buy the land cheaply from her, I'd be cheating her. Oh, I don't think I should cheat her. Is that... Is that what you came back to tell me to do? Is it? I... I said there was oil there. Oh, my darling. Millions of barrels, you said. Ah, yes. Ah, then you must get that land. No one has told Millicent, have they? No. No, she still thinks it's worthless. But, Charles, I can't hear you. Your voice is getting faint. And I can't see him. Not anymore. Billy. Billy. Mrs. Buttweezer. Mrs. Buttweezer. What? What? Oh. Oh, he was here. He was here. I spoke to him. I know I spoke to him. Oh, you did. Oh, what did we talk about? Well, I, I don't want to repeat it. It was just... Uh... Intimate things between a man and his wife. Oh, Billy, you're so tactful. Will I see you again? Of course. When? Why, the uh, very next time Charles Frederick wants to speak with you. Okay, honey, this is the payoff. We buy that land. That thousand acres in Arizona? You heard, it's got oil. Look, here's what must have happened. He found out about the oil, right? Mm -hmm. He told his wife to buy the land from his sister. She was, uh, well, ashamed to. Ashamed? You heard her. You seen her. She believes she'd be swindling the sister. But she also has a guilty conscience about not obeying her dear husband's instructions. So meanwhile, we pick up the thousand acres. Mm. I don't know. Oh, come on. It beats taking the money. That can be dangerous. And how much could we hit her up for? A couple of hundred? Maybe a thousand? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, but this is oil. It's worth millions. And nobody could prove we ever got it shady. How high should we go for it? Well, how much can she ask for a thousand acres in the desert? What do you want? Well, uh, I'm uh, fond of your sister-in-law. And what does that mean? Well, you see, I'd like to settle down and live in this town. Oh, they run your kind out of here on a rail. Oh, I'm, I'm going into business. Business? Yeah, real estate. I, as a matter of fact, I'd like to buy some from you. Real estate? <laughs> Where could I get real estate? Well, you own some land in Arizona, don't you? A thousand acres? <laughs> a thousand acres of sand? What would you do with it? Oh, I could probably sell it to somebody, but uh, I'd like to buy it from you because, well, it'd be a way to help you. I am not asking help from you or anybody else. Well, why not? Aren't you supposed to love and help one another? Why are you such a mean and ornery woman? I'll tell you why, because you're poor. And too proud to take assistance even from your sister-in-law. Well... How much do you want for that land, huh? How much do I want? Oh, come on, come on. Oh, please, don't break any tears. I, I couldn't stand it, like, please. I, I can't help it. 
nobody's ever been good to me before. All right, how much you want for that desert land? Well, can you can you give me what I paid for it? Five thousand dollars. Five thousand dollars? It's only five dollars an acre. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, that's cheap at half the price. Okay, I'll raise the money. Lord bless you, Billy Falcon. Lord bless you. Yeah? Oh, uh, I'm uh, looking for Mrs. Buckweezer. I'm Mrs. Buckweezer. You're... You can't be Mrs. Buckweezer. And why not? Oh, because uh, she's a gray-haired lady with gold-rimmed glasses. Uh... Oh, that was Mrs. Coolidge. Mrs. Coolidge? Yes, she minds the house for me while I'm gone. She and her sister Millicent. Millicent? Yes, they're wonderful house sitters. I, I don't know what to tell you if you're looking for Mrs. Coolidge. Uh, she said that she and Millicent had come into a windfall. I think it was $5,000. They're taking a trip. Oh, I see. Was there any message for Mrs. Coolidge? Message? Yeah, message. Uh, just, uh, just tell her that I am a brother of the angle. Oh? Uh, what does that mean? She'll know, ma'am. She'll know. The angle. What is the angle? How much more it has come to mean since... Honest Sir Isaac Walton's day, we have truly become a most geometric world where everything is seemingly filled with angles and curves and all serve as bait to snare the unwary. Don't take any wooden nickels till I get back. could call this a fish story because it has concerned itself with suckers. And if the true suckers were not revealed until the very end, well, it happens that way sometimes. Our cast included Ralph Bell, Joan Shea, and E.V. Juster. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams.